The Chiefs return to Arrowhead. Is it a get-right game against the Chicago Bears? Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, and it's a game preview edition week three. Chiefs Bears could not be more excited. Maddie Lane, what's good? Yeah, listen, I, I'm ready for this. I'm excited. Um, we got, you know, a big, big Chiefs game coming up. It's going to come on the heels of one of the best college football weekends uh, that's going to happen this entire season. Like, this is this is what this is what football season's made of right here, Craig. Yes, yes, it is, especially since, um, I, not to spoil anything, I think all of us think that this game is going to be very lopsided towards the Chiefs. So it would be what? a very, very nice weekend to watch some excellent college football and a low-stress Chiefs game. That that would be just the ideal scenario. All right, so I this is I'm getting to, I think I've told you guys this I'm getting to go to this game. Um, this yes, is the first are. this is the first time I've ever got to see Patrick Mahomes play. Um, and I in person. At, in person. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think it goes without saying. I blacks uh, out when Patrick takes the field normally. That's that what is, happens. True, that is true. It's true. I chose this week because I wanted it to be the most low stress game imaginable. <laughs> so like when when the schedule came out, I was talking to like Beach. It's like, yeah, this Bears game is the one I'm, I want to go to because like I like I don't think I'd I don't think I'd want to miss post game show for like some of these other bigger games. And yeah, I just I would rather it be a little bit more low stress and a, and a more fun experience. So that's what we're going for. Are you still feeling it's low stress with everything that's going on? With, ha, has enough momentum swung away from the Bears that it's now kind of like this um, underdog David versus Goliath fighting thing that's making you more nervous than a couple weeks ago? No, I think it's. I think it. I think. I so like obviously there's going to be what we hope is one giant glaring difference between this 2023 Bears team and the 2020 and the 2012 Chiefs, but like. I feel like they've got the kind of vibes of just a, a a team in crisis falling apart, like genuinely. It that's and like I mean, there's a big there's a big dark cloud looming over their head right now with a lot of mystery uh, about their defensive coordinator being fired in week two, and by all reports, a, an investigation occurring at his home. So there is like just a lot of bad vibes in that Chicago. I mean. The, even to date, DJ Moore, there's a clip of DJ Moore saying, like, they don't know how to use it. <laughs> it's like... No, 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 no. It was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer who played against him twice a year for the past several years saying, wow, they don't know how to use you, and him going, I know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, do you know what the 2012 Chiefs did in week three? They beat the New Orleans Saints in overtime? Yeah. The first time... That they had a lead all year long. I very, very I very definitely remember that. No, I, they didn't have a lead. Correct. No, they they wanted the death. They didn't actually they didn't lead they, for nine weeks. They didn't yeah. lead for nine weeks. They didn't I'm lead saying, for nine you weeks. Invoked, you invoked that team and you know what I'm saying? I someone find out if the Chiefs were thirteen point favorites or underdogs against the Saints, though. That's a big It was question. the Bounty Gate Saints, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> 
Probably not. I don't think I I I'm okay. I think we're gonna be okay. I still yeah. There's some weird there's some weird juju there for sure, and some weird vibes out there in Chicago. Uh, but we are going to game preview nonetheless, and uh, it's right off the top. This offense has struggled. It's been up and down for a lot of different reasons. A team in crisis is showing up in to Kansas City this weekend, and they've looked er- they've looked terrible through two weeks of the season. This is an opportunity, Matthew, for the Chiefs to get right a little bit on offense. I mean, it, I, this is for both sides of the ball, right? Like, I just kind of defended a little bit of saying, like, hey, maybe the Bears punch up a little bit because of everything that's going on. But, like, this game is one of the rare NFL games where I feel like it could go the route more of, like, a college football game, where the talent disparity but on the field between the players, the coaching staffs, the people in charge of building the teams might all be significantly favored of one side. And then if you don't get that team that's, you know, on the lesser end of all three of those coming in with some kind of above and beyond effort, above and beyond fight and grit for the game, it could get ugly and get ugly fast. That doesn't happen in the NFL because the talent gap is so narrow compared to like I just invoked college there. But this feels like one of the few times where the talent gap might be wide enough that this just is a complete and utter dominant showing and not from a, oh, the Chiefs just had their number on every single down, but just simply from a, the Bears have no idea what they're doing on anywhere in that organization right now. And the Chiefs just finally you know, hit them at the right time where the Chiefs are focused because they haven't been playing the best. They're trying to go out there, put out an impressive, they build up their own confidence. In college football, you're doing it for rankings. This would be for the Chiefs' own confidence. I could see that being this way. I could see this Chiefs offense coming out, trying to get their best stuff going so all these guys feel a little bit better. And if you've watched this Bears defense, I, they don't know what's going on. I mean, they don't know what's going on their defensive coordinator. They don't know what's going on on the field with the defensive calls. Nobody knows what's going on. So if there's ever a game for this offense to come out and look like it did in 2019 or 2020, 2021, 2022, this would be the game to start. Yeah, especially since it looks like Richie James has a long-term injury. Uh, Kadarius Tony might not practice, might not play this week. He hasn't practiced yet at the time of recording here. So Andy Reid's going to come out with the A-plus game calls because he needs to come out with the A-plus game calls. That's going to be a problem for this Bears defense. If you watch the Bears this year, it looks like a team in week 15 of a season where they know nothing's going right. And they're in week three right now. <laughs> week two was, I I, I mean, the, these guys can attest to this. I've been posting clips for uh, portions of the evening here where I'm basically just posting the lowest effort plays by this Bears defense. And it's over and over and over again against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that they were tied with or behind by three points. It's something that the Bears defense needed to step up and get a stop. And you're seeing guys that aren't going full speed, are jogging out there, just are kind of letting stuff pass off. Every double move was wide open because the quarterbacks just kind of drop into their spot and just going, all right, I'm good here. I don't need to do anything more. It, it's a bunch of guys right now, at least in the early part of the season, that look like they don't care. And now I'm sure they do. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on in there, and that doesn't mean that they're not going to come out with fire this week to try and beat the Chiefs. But when you watch this team right now on weeks one and two, you see, especially on the defensive side of the ball, we'll get to the offense later, but especially on the defensive side of the ball, 
you see a group of guys that's doing about the bare minimum that they need to do, especially in the pass game. And there's a lot of throws and a lot of opportunities to just beat up on this secondary without a pass rush in your face. It just feels like Andy's going to come out, put a lot of good stuff in the first 15. They're going to come out, and as long as they execute, this game might be over pretty quickly just because this team is already kind of kicking themselves while they're down. And I think this will be a fascinating case study um, just for the Chiefs, for Andy Reid and all that stuff because it feels like, you know, when these kind of games happen for the Chiefs, we'll see, you know, we'll see them let a, a bad team hang around. They let bad teams hang around. They let the Titans hang around. They let the Rams hang around last year. Like things like they, they played sloppy games. They didn't play. They had to beat the Texans in overtime last year. And so we've seen this team manage, you know, like we've talked about this, like play calling from a play calling perspective on offense. It's showing as little as you can while, you know, building and putting stuff on tape you want and, and building an offense towards peaking at the right time. Does Andy deviate away from that? Does he try to manage this game a little bit and manage a long season knowing his team has to get right and needs to get right, needs some confidence, but also he wants to have more in the clip as the season progresses? I think it's going to be a fascinating watch to just see how much Andy Reid puts the you know the pedal to the floor or how much he game manages even though this isn't necessarily... Um, you know, a, a game that he's going to have to unload the clip. So, like, I think there could be a fascinating dynamic between, all right, are we, uh, is this a get, get right game or is this uh, another game in the season as we build towards what we're trying to accomplish? So, that's something I'm going to be kind of fascinated in. Maddie, you look like you want to jump in. Are you, are you good? Well, I mean, I was just going to say, like, the teams where the Chiefs kind of stumble into, it's teams that come out and play very assignment sound football and play very hard. The Titans. The Colts, every single time the Chiefs have played them lately, <laughs> oh right? Oh my goodness, teams, yes. Teams that don't mess, that don't get in their own way, and they kind of let the Chiefs shoot themselves in the foot, and usually the Chiefs are kind of at the top-ish of their game going into that week. This is kind of the opposite of both. The Bears are a team that very much gets in their own way, and the Chiefs right now are not you know, flying high offensively, so they're probably coming and trying to prove something. Like, this does not have a Chiefs letdown game build up to it, in my opinion. So, like, that's why I'm kind of expecting this offense to come out and uh, put on put on a show. I mean, that's kind of why. It just doesn't have that same feel as those other kind of games do. And to tag up with that, this defense is not fat and happy for the Chiefs. I realize we're going to get to the defense later. There are only two guys on this team, really, that have won enough and won enough championships. One of them is Derek Noddy who is on a one-year deal and playing pretty well right now. The other one's Chris Jones, who's got some money to earn. So the rest of this defense is young, they're hungry, they want all of this. This isn't going to be like some of those other instances. And the Texans game and the Rams game from last year, this defense balled out in both of those. That Texans game, I know it went to overtime. There were 10 drives that the Texans started in their own territory. They scored 10 points on 10 drives. The other 14 points that they scored were because the Chiefs offense turned the ball over deep in their own territory. Same thing happened with that Rams game. It, it, it The offense takes care of things, executes well. I don't see a situation where it goes that way. And because they need a get-right game, I just don't see the offense kind of pooping the bed again. I'm not betting on them pooping the bed. I just wonder just what choices are made 
and how much Andy Reid tries to unload the clip or, you know, like, I think it's just like, because they're trying to, they're trying to build confidence in this teams, but how, how do they navigate that run scheme choices is something I think is worth talking about. Uh, what, like we saw them kind of get into some, you know, some more, some more gap stuff in the second half. Uh, that was fun to see. And after struggling to run the ball a little bit, the first half, turn around, first play of the second half, just turn around and hand the ball off. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. What, do you th- do you think we see them try to mix some things up, get to some of the stuff that worked in the second half? Or like, how do you think they're navigating the run game, Maddie? Well, um, here's the thing. <laughs> the Chiefs have been really good at gap runs for the past three years, four years now. And they have decided to not fully lean into it for, I don't know, the past three years or four years now. They like to sprinkle it in. Now, that's probably part of why it works so well for them, right? If when it's not your it's not your main pitch, it's the off-speed stuff, their catching defense is probably slacking a little bit, especially with the power run, the, the gap run the Chiefs like the most is a version of counter, various versions of counter. The footwork from your running back is going to mirror inside zone the other direction. That's how come they run so much more counter than power. There's probably other reasons too, because they get extra pullers and stuff out there, but that's kind of one of your main reasons. It also looks like inside zone to start. So that plays off their main with one of their main runs. That's I think that's why they don't go with as much power. That's why you don't see them sit there and just main power counter duo. They hardly ever run duo. Like it's just it's an interesting decision that they have made, and it all goes back to the passing attack. The passing attack works with zone because it works on their RPO game. It works on their play action stuff mm-hmm. better. And we can sit here and be critical of the zone run game not being as efficient as the gap run game. It's not. But when that also nets you three completions in the game because of the RPO looks and you throw the ball when Mahomes pulls it, and then now all of a sudden you're adding another, let's call it just 27 yards on top of it because of three passes out of it, that kind of matters. That matters when those get a factor in. So I would love to see the Chiefs come in here go with a little bit more gap run stuff because they clearly can do it. They can push around an opposing defense, but they like to save it. They save it until they get a matchup, a particular front that they really like, a team that's going to only play light boxes from a certain alignment before they lean into it. I really, I just, I have given up hoping they ever change to that as their main rushing attack. <laughs> given up. I, I, I will never give up, even though all the reasons Maddie said so are right, and it is more efficient because of the pass game and all of that. Like, I totally, totally get it. They're never going to give uh, it up full-time. I'm never, Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're never. But I, I think it's interesting. I, I believe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, maybe last preseason or the preseason before, whenever it was, uh, the, the all the gap talk was really, really hitting hard there. Uh, somebody asked him in the preseason or in training camp, said, hey, are we going to see some more gas scheme runs? Are we going to see some more of that? And he kind of let on. He was like, it depends on what the defense gives us. So, like, I mean, it, it is. It is entirely dependent on what they're giving them as to what they're going to call, what they feel comfortable calling. The Bears have an actually pretty good run defense. Like, if there's one thing that this Bears defense is good at, it's the run game. Those linebackers are really, really good at stepping up, stopping the run. They signed Tremaine Edmonds this offseason. Uh, Jack Sanborn, who they added last year, is a really physical downhill player in the run game. There are a number of players in this Bears front seven that get up for stopping the run, and they do a good job of it. It is a little bit of tough sledding when you're trying to run between the tackles against these guys. So 
I do think that if the Chiefs are going to lean on the run game a little bit more, this might be more of a gap-heavy one where they can get out on the edges of the defense a little more, get some of their offensive linemen pulling. Go watch the clip that that Maddie posted, the the GH counter that's out there with Joe Tooney in space. Um, just an incredible play by Tooney out there. There's more of that in offer for this Chiefs run game, and as we talked about in the post-game show and in the lab on Monday, they got to lean on it a little bit more. They can't fully abandon it to the extent that they did in the first half last week. Speaking of gap, we're going to take a short gap. Be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So it'll matter your skill level. You can be fitted for PSG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
PXG also has gap wedges, too. Did you know that? that Maddie, you had better, you... better throw to break, Kent. A way better throw to break. But... It wasn't a throw. It was a run. Maddie, more run game. You have takes. I think I'm going to audible out of them now. Um, to a run? <laughs> no. To anything. Yeah. To exiting the stadium. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Greg is right. The Bears' defense is actually fairly good against the run. There's a lot of good interior defensive linemen. Andrew Billings is playing phenomenal this year. They drafted Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter up the middle. Like they, and they're linebackers. Uh, Craig mentioned Sanborn, but they paid Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, and they're all playing the run pretty well. So I would be a little surprised if the Chiefs found a lot of success with their traditional zone run stuff. They really struggle to hit that on quality defenses that play the run well they don't seem to get the right kind of leverage and movement on their zone runs to get defensive linemen out of the way and then also get up to the linebackers. Like they just, there seems to be a little disconnect there right now, especially with the new offensive line. I would be surprised if they found some space there. But if you want to go back and look at some of the the power stuff, Craig talks about it. I had X'd some out there on the old uh, X machine. And like there's the Chiefs do a really good job when they can work their double teams and then have somebody pull around on top of it, they do a lot better job getting movement and fitting the runs. So, like I would think if they have success, some success, they're going to have to lean into it. I just got to ask one thing. Isaiah Pacheco's got to slow down. He's just got to yeah. slow down just a little bit. He is so far up the polar's backside when he's doing these runs. And like they're working, right? There's getting 11, you know, one of them, he has a, a power play and he gets 11 yards, right? But he is on top of Trey Smith pulling around the edge. And like if he just slows down a half a step, it's going to allow Joe Tooney to get to the backside backer. And he's going to be able to go off of uh, Smith's inside hip instead of his outside hip and pick up a lot more yards. He needs to just, uh, just slow down a little bit back there, even on these gap run plays. Impossible. He doesn't know how. I, like, I, 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 don't, I don't think that's in his feet. His, his upper body moves quicker than his feet sometimes. Like I think the way to bring Isaiah Pacheco down is like, at the at the at the lower half, like his lower half, something about his contact balance, I just it's it's wonky. I think he can be easily tripped. Stomping his feet in the ground so hard, you can catch them and like knock them off balance. He's emuing out there, and like that's where you take him down. Emuing, <laughs> yes. Hey, look if the uh, if the linebackers are are playing the run well, there's a chance they can be had in coverage, and this tape has shown that they can be gotten coverage, Maddie. Well, there's no chance. They, they can, and they will. Um, <laughs> now, okay, they play a lot of zone, right? So, like, it's a little bit interesting how you want to label these targets and stuff like that. However, given the fact that all of the average depth of targets for these guys is, like, three yards, it's really not good when your linebackers are giving up 11.5 yards per catch combined. Like, all three of them, they combined to give up 11.5 yards per catch. They have given up 20 completions on 22 targets through two games. That's not great. No, the statistics for the safeties behind them look pretty good, but I think it's because of the way the targets get doled out. The safety play has also not been good. This team, very poor up the middle against the pass is what I'm trying to say. Anybody working over the middle of the field, anybody working near the line of scrimmage should have a lot of space and a lot of success in this game because Tremaine Edmonds, very good linebacker. You know what he never did in Buffalo? Was never their coverage guy. TJ Edwards, good linebacker. Ascending, I, what some would say from where people thought he was a couple years ago. You know what he never did before, and especially in Philly? Coverage. And Jack Sanborn, quality player, but it's still never his calling card to be a coverage linebacker. I just don't have one. Like it is, it is rough out there for the Bears over the second level and over the middle of the field trying to defend the pass. 
Yeah, uh, Sanborn's probably the best of them, just because he's got a, a little yeah. bit of instincts, uh, you know, just kind of falling into some of those zones a little bit better than some of those other guys, but it's not good. And I, I think that there's a lot to offer there. This team, or this Chiefs team, came out in week one against the Detroit Lions and said, we're going to attack the shallow and intermediate, you know, middle of the field. Like, that's where we're going to attack. And it didn't work. It was execution-based, but it did not work. I would not be surprised if they come out this week and they just say, all right, we're going to dust off what we did in week one and we're going to run it again. We're going to try and, you know, try and take advantage of some of this stuff, knowing full well that we can basically out-athlete some of these guys. We can match up better in coverage against some of these guys than, you know, we, we did against the Lions there. So I see a lot of opportunity there, especially since these safeties are playing so heavy footed right now like they they cannot they don't get they don't backpedal well they don't come down a hill particularly well uh you know kareem jackson looks like he's going to be out again jaquan brisker missed part of this past game but when he was out there he did not look good and their two backup safeties that they had to play a lot against the buccaneers just look confused and lost out there and just you know not assignment sound so yeah, I'm I'm with Maddie here. I think they're going to attack the middle of the field, the Chiefs are, and I think that they're going to do it repeatedly, and I think that they've got the personnel, especially missing Richie James and missing potentially Kadarius Tony. I think that that's a good strategy given the personnel that they'll be able to put on the field. All right, it's time to go players to watch on the offensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is presented by Tickets for Less. Go to ticketsforless.com and use promo code KCSN to get the best discount physically possible on ticketsforless.com. Craig, who is your player to watch, sir? I mean, it's Rasheed Rice for me. We just talked about guys winning in the middle of the field. Rasheed Rice has had a lot of targets and a lot of opportunities in the middle of the field so far for this Chiefs offense. However, Rasheed Rice is also going to need to play more. You know, some of the usage that he has had has been very similar to some of these guys that are looking to be out. He is going to need to step up and take more snaps. What better opportunity to get right than against this team right here whose cover guys are not particularly great. They're not going to be able to cover the middle of the field particularly well. I just think that this is a good Rasheed Rice game, and I expect him to get the snaps this week to warrant it being a good Rasheed Rice game. Kit, why don't you jump in here next? Because I'm pretty sure you're not going to steal mine here. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with this. I'm invoking Mahomes because this is the first time I'm going to get to see Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And so you I'm beyond... You Mahomes I, last week, no. too? And you said you you only do this once a year. Once-ish. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm allowing it, it because he's going to see him, I guess. Yep, um, you are. You are you are allowing. Yes. That's a good point. I'm excited. That's all. I'm just really excited. I haven't got to see Patrick Levon Mahomes play in my lifetime, and I'm finally getting to do it. And I really wanted to go last because I wanted to make sure to emphasize that I got my tickets through ticketsforless.com <laughs> with promo code KCSN. So Maddie ruined it. It's okay. Go it's ahead, okay. Matthew. So I'm gonna go with a new player, a newish player. Um, a kind of positionless. I'm gonna go with Taylor Swift. Is she showing up to Arrowhead to watch Travis Kelsey? Because here it is. She's not on tour right now. Her tour picks back up right after the Chiefs' Thursday night football game against the Denver Broncos at home. This is her last chance to go to Arrowhead and see Travis Kelsey play live 
at the stadium where he requested her to come to before she would be going right back on tour. This is the only time. This is it. This is the game where this can happen. So I need all of you out there, everybody out there with your camera phones, all your research, you got to dig in on this. We got to figure out, is Taylor Swift there watching the greatest tight end of all time with the mustache put on a show? Uh, myself and myself and Taylor Swift will be at Arrowhead this week. Promo code KCSN gets you the best discount at ticketsforless.com. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Again, KCSN is the best discount you can possibly get at Tickets for Less. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. And this is a beat-up offensive line. Some guys have been hurt. Some guys are missing practice. And Braxton Jones, their tackle goes on IR. This is a the the look, the defense, defense, their defensive line already getting right. This is a this is this is a chance to get even more right, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Um the Chiefs defense has been really good on the defensive line lately. You know, that they looked good in week one without Chris Jones. Chris Jones walked in the same player that he finished the year as last year. This is a scary group to go up against regardless of who you have along the offensive line. It's even scarier when you're starting Larry Borum at left tackle. You've got Cody Whitehair and Patrick Lucas in the middle. Luckily, Nate Davis will be back this week, according to you know some of the Bears people. And then you got to luckily for the Chiefs. Break. You mean What's luckily that? for the Chiefs? Luckily for the Chiefs. Well, I mean, I don't know. Jatire Carter was not particularly good there either. So anyway, this is a bad offensive line and. Justin Fields is a guy that likes to hold on to the ball for an extra long period of time. If his if if his responsibility on the play isn't to get the ball out quickly to the flat, he's probably hanging on to the ball for an extra long time and missing wide open receivers and getting sacked. That's happening a lot with him right now. You can watch any of the film study guys for the Bears. They're going to sit here and say the same thing. He's playing very poorly. He's seeing ghosts, and he's a statue in the pocket. He is very concerned with his footwork. He looks almost robotic. He even admitted that in a presser this week, and when he was asked about it, he said it was because of coaching. So things are not well with that offense and with that offensive line. This is a, a pass rush that wants to eat. The game script is likely going to go the way where the Bears need to pass. I just foresee a lot of opportunity for this defensive line to get after the passer and based on what the Bears do and how long they hold on to the ball I think there's going to be a lot of sacks for this Chiefs defensive line I mean their best offensive lineman just got put on the IR and Braxton Jones and now he's being replaced by a, a Larry Borum who we don't we will see what he does but he's a backup left tackle you know for kind of a reason probably in the NFL and he's joining a left guard and a center who are giving up an 11 and 16% like pressure rate on passing downs on pa true pass sets. These guys are giving up, you know, a, a straight up pressure on over one out of every 10 plays. And Nate Davis, if he returns, he was worse in his first game than those guys. At least I thought he looked worse on the field. It's so like, I don't know what they're doing. I, it's just, it. this offensive line is so bad as it currently sits. And, Justin Fields has not been playing well, but like it's hard to blame him for not having confidence in this offensive line. He doesn't give them any help. Like, don't get me wrong, he doesn't help them out the way he plays and how shaky he's been, how nervous he's been in the pocket. But 
they are really struggling to pick up, I mean, anything one-on-one. And God forbid you throw some games at them or some simulated pressures, they are struggling with their communication and passing stuff off. And now we're adding in a new or a backup left tackle. We're bringing back a right guard who essentially was benched because he was out of football shape and playing poorly. And we already had a center, the starting center switch to the starting left guard because of an injury. Like, I don't know how this team is going to handle some of the pressure looks that the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo like to put out there. And so I don't, they're not even running a lot of games. I just, it's the pressure looks that they give. I think they're going to struggle to handle that stuff. So like, I think Justin Fields is going to be under a lot of pressure for this game. It's not a, it's not a good week to face Steve Spagnuolo. Just, just a, it's a bad week to face Steve Spagnuolo if, if I'm Justin Fields because they're going to get a lot of, you know, there's some unpredictability to what Steve Spagnuolo is going to do. I expect that to be ratcheted up even more with a guy like Justin Fields and not play to any tendency. Um, you know, obviously there's got to be some, you know, rush lane discipline with Justin Fields because he definitely can beat you with his leg. Yeah, we might talk about that in a little bit here, but um, yeah, I, it's, this isn't a good week to be <laughs> to be going up against Steve Spagnolo. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, we are back with another week of football. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text 8 8- or text hope and why in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of boot Hill casino and resort licensee partner, golden nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Chicago Bears spent a first-round pick on Darnell Wright. Playing right tackle. Seems like uh, he it, they've had a little bit of success running right. And that's right with a W. Your setup wasn't as good as your break earlier with that one. It's okay. You, know, you left a little bit to be desired. That's it's not. more of a word. It's more of a visible letters word joke than it is a pun so glad that, you brought that to the audio podcast yeah that's okay <laughs> right anyways he's gonna make me sit here and yeah let's go matthew no own this um so i was unaware that i was first in this one so i would that's what the awkward silence was that's peek behind the curtain um the Bears. Yeah, Darnell Wright has been one of the good things about their offense, right? I think Braxton Jones gets a lot of heat at the left tackle. He's now in the IR because he's like a fifth or sixth round draft pick that was thrust into a starting role. People like to poke fun of any faults he has, but he's been good. Darnell Wright, they drafted in the first round. He's been he's been excellent for them. 
And pass protection, there's some ups and downs, but I think anybody that remembers him as a prospect at Tennessee would expect that. What has translated immediately to the NFL is the power and the athleticism. He can move bodies off the line of scrimmage. He can get up to the second level in a hurry. So they like to take Khalil Herbert and they like to tuck him in right behind Darnell Wright and let him go to work and just kind of find where to go from there. Um, so they have had a little bit of success running off the right side. They've been exchanging in and out various different right guards, right? So like that throws off a little bit of chemistry. But when they do want to pull somebody, you know, they're pretty 50-50 split zone gap running. They do get uh, Cody Whitehair to pull around from the left side. That's their left guard. He's a very athletic guy. So he gets out there in a hurry. That makes their run game out to the right-hand side. But, you know, effective. And then you add a double team with Cole Komet and Darnell Wright. They move a lot of guys. They move a lot of people off the line of scrimmage. It's just something to keep an eye on if you're the Chiefs. So far, Mike Dana, George Karloftis, these guys have been excellent handling the run out on the outside when it's second and long. You've gotten the Leo Chanals and the Will and uh, Willie Gays and stuff like that out there on the overhang. They've done an excellent job handling the run. So I'm not overly concerned, but it is something to keep an eye on because they have had success running to that side. Especially if you know they're not able to protect Justin Fields very well, you're going to see more of that. You're going to see them put an uber reliance on running the ball behind Darnell Wright. Um, it's not just Khalil Herbert. Uh, Roshan Johnson's actually looked pretty good running the ball for him as well as a, as a rookie there. I know that there were a lot of people that were fans of him coming out of the draft. We were some of them as well. Would have been nice in Kansas City. He looks good in Chicago. Just kind of like on the defensive side of the ball, this team is better suited when running the ball. When the ball is in those running situations, they would much prefer to be in short yardage situations. So they're going to try and eat up some chunk yardage there behind Darnell Wright, pulling around on the edge on some of that stuff, and on some of these keepers with Justin Fields. They, they do plenty of stuff with him keeping the ball looping around the outside as well. These defensive ends need to stay gap sound. And in past versions of this defense and you know even before Steve Spagnolo, I may have been worried about you know a lot of eye candy a lot of stuff on the plate they have played against two really good rushing offenses so far this year the Chiefs defense has Ben Johnson's rushing attack is significantly better than anything that the Chicago Bears are going to put on tape Ben Johnson Detroit's uh run game coordinator I mean the offensive coordinator and then, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars and all of their stretch stuff is so much different than what this Bears team can do. And the Chiefs handled both of those things really, really well. Like Matty was saying, having guys like Mike Dana, George Karloftis on the edge, Leo Chanel playing really smart, Drew Tranquil playing really smart, really helps out this defense a ton. It limits some of those plays where they can, you know, try and get ahead of the sticks keeps everybody behind the sticks a little bit more, force Justin Fields into those throwing situations because if you allow this team to run the ball a little bit, that is how they can keep it a little bit closer than the Chiefs may want it to be. Yeah, I mean, if they can get the run game going a little bit, maybe start getting some momentum on some drives, start to you know build a little bit of rhythm to their offense if, you can, if they can get the run game going a little bit. Um, I think the key, though, is probably going to be forcing this team to make long, sustained drives and not make, make mistakes brings us to our next point quickly i know i don't mean to interrupt you nick bolton didn't practice for two days in a row that feels True. like it's worth this does feel like something that's yes. worth interrupting you for and to mention that nick bolton is i mean we'd have no idea at this point in time right but like we got through a wednesday of practice which is like you know where you're really getting the game prep and nick bolton didn't participate again today we are unsure with an ankle injury we are unsure at this point if he's going to play 
I feel a little bit better about it this year because of Drew Tranquil, right? Drew Tranquil's been excellent. He's getting a series every single week now, playing the mic, you know, for the entire drive. So I think that Chiefs will be fine one, you know, without Nick Bolton for a couple games because of the addition of Tranquil. But it's just something to keep an eye on. And, you know, we're talking about the run game, so it seems to factor in the most years. I am so sorry, Kent. I really didn't mean to. I just had to squeeze it in. And especially as Nick Bolton's coming off of easily his best game against the run that that we've seen. Yeah. It, it, it was better than against Detroit. Not that he was bad against Detroit or anything like that, but my goodness, he was good against the run uh, against the Jaguars. And that's not something that I think we would have said going into that game with as much as they stretch run and everything like that. He really fired out to the flats really well. So hat tip to him. I don't think that we've talked about that this week, but yes, Drew Tranquil being there helps a ton. Okay, kid, you 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 can move on now, buddy. Willie well, Gaines actually, it. so no, sorry, not, not really though. Willie Gay uh, also limited today in practice, so something else worth worth monitoring. Had a great transition and everything was going well, and now here we are. You can explain it to us. No, I don't want to. Is, uh, it, is it wordplay, but specifically text on on paper that doesn't play well on the podcast? No, it was much better. <laughs> okay. This is the one you decide to pocket. <laughs> I, I, the, the thrill is gone. Uh, explosive plays are something that can help the Chicago Bears make this game interesting. Uh, for you know, if if they if the Chiefs limit some explosive plays and keep this offense, you know, from you know getting you know big chunk plays and forcing them to drive and execute consistently. Think good things are going to happen, Matthew. Yeah. So okay, we spent a lot of time talking about how come the Chiefs should just completely wax the the Chicago Bears here, right? Let's give the a small reason why the Bears can maybe avoid that, on especially the offensive side of the ball here. Justin Fields got up on a podium and said, "Like, hey, my coaching's not going great right now. They're giving me yeah. too much. It's not working. I'm playing tight. I'm playing essentially saying he's playing too structured." He's trying to emphasize way too much of what's being directly told to him. If he just decides to go back and just be loose and be who Justin Fields is, this could look entirely differently than it has the first two weeks. The first two weeks the Chiefs are preparing for might not matter at all because Justin Fields goes out there and he's just playing backyard football even. And you want to put a guy with that kind of athleticism back there and just kind of let him run around and just make plays and see what happens and quit trying to follow so much structure or emphasize it so much given the direction this team looks to be heading. This could be one of those weird times where they have no business putting up a lot of points, but maybe he rips off a 50-yard run on a scramble. Maybe he rips off a couple chunk plays on scrambles or they finally call a designed quarterback run for him this year. <gasps> yeah, I don't know. Using the sub 4-4 quarterback who's one of the best runners in the NFL to actually run the ball might be useful. It's not like he's throwing the ball downfield vertically like poorly. He's 5 for 6. He's doing well throwing the ball downfield. It's like if they just go full backyard football, play like he's Michael a right-handed Michael Vick, it could be a little scary for the Chiefs because they just haven't seen that from this Bears offense this year. It would be a complete 180 from what they've shown so far. And like that is something that's on the back of my mind that they might end up seeing that the way uh, Justin Fields was talking to the media this week. Yeah, I uh, that is within the realm of possibilities that this Bears team just says, you know what, screw it. Nobody's having any fun anyway. Like, let's open it up. Let, let's try and let's try and loosen everything up a little bit. Play a little more free. Justin is obviously concerned with his footwork. I mean, I, I think one of the Bears, uh, all 22 people, was basically 
counting the seconds it took him to take a five-step drop, and it was so much slower than everybody else in the league because he's being so intentional with the way that he's getting back into his drops. Well, like, Ohio State-ish, too. I'll just be, like, It is. It they is, have that. Yeah. They, they play that slow drop, and I, I, think it, I think it destroys rhythm for all the quarterbacks that walk through there. I mean, all of them have had it in the past. And again, but on CJ Stroud for getting out of it, honestly, because that's true. He had, he had it less than like Haskins and Fields, And like, I think they've gotten better with it. Kyle McCord even looks better this year. Anyways, continue. Uh, But yeah, no, but the point being, it it doesn't look as smooth as it did last year, even. So it's something that is a very big focus this year. It's obviously in his head. So, Maybe they go out there and they say, all right, you know, screw some of the timing, screw some of that. We're, we're just going to let you play the way that you want to play because you're clearly uncomfortable back there. That happens. That gets a lot more scary for this Chiefs defense. If he's playing a little more free, moving around in the pocket, getting out of some of these pressures a little bit easier, which we know he can. I'm saying that he's, you know, going to be under pressure all day. He's still hard to sack. Like, it still takes multiple guys to bring him down. So I can see instances like that where he can get loose create explosive plays. They still have Darnell Mooney on this team. You know, we'll, we'll see if he gets to play this weekend. DJ Moore is a hell of a wide receiver. I mean, they've got dudes that are out there that are targets for this team. It's not like they are completely devoid of talent out there. It's just they're not being used particularly well. And, you know, it, it, it goes kind of the way that you watch a guy like Velas Jones, who was a guy I really liked and who has been terrible in this Bears offense. Because he's old. People were showing what, no, no, people were showing the alignment every time Vilas Jones was on the field was identical every time he was getting the ball. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were just teeing off on it. They were teeing off on all of these concepts. They were running the same stuff over and over without modification, sometimes two and three times in a row. It makes it so much easier on the defense. So, if they open up the offense, get a little more loose with the way that they're playing a little bit, yeah, I can see some opportunities for explosive plays that are unscouted looks for this Chiefs defense. I, I said a little bit earlier, I think rush, da- rush lane discipline with a quarterback that can run is going to be very important. So being disciplined and, and, you know, a lot of it's that march to the quarterback. I still think they could get just blitz him and try to heat him up. And I know it might create a little bit more uh, chaos potentially out of structure if he sees it, but I think you can get him. I think you, I think you can just I think you can just blitz them. But when you're rushing, I just think dis, rushing discipline is going to be good to keep the limit the the opportunities with his legs um, in the passing game. Uh, okay, players to watch presented by Tickets for Less promo code KCSN gets you the best discount available on ticketsforless.com. And my player to watch is my new favorite player of all time, Leo Chenault. Uh, yeah, you talked a little about the injuries at the linebacker position. Drew Tranquil is going to get an opportunity potentially to play some more. Uh, Leo Chanel should get an opportunity to play some more. I think I think he's been outstanding in the small sample size uh, of the last couple weeks. Uh, I think Steve Spagnuolo has done an, an outstanding job weaponizing him uh, differently this year than he did last year. And I want to continue to see the ascent of one of the uh, players on this team that is better than the 2000 Ravens defense so uh this is this is my favorite bit of all time now uh, i'm a defense forgotten guy. about this bit until right at this very moment oh yeah, but you, yeah. It i mean yeah. the 85 bears are lining up against the 2023 bears on, i just uh, uh, on listen uh, maddie when when ken starts talking about defense i'm just so taken aback that i, I nothing gets retained i get it what the, the leo bit 
I don't like the the Bears Ravens defense bit as much, but I like the Leo bit. The Leo bit's the Leo bit's good. Leo bit's good. I can't wait for Kent to jump off that train the moment that Patrick Mahomes starts playing well again. My player to watch is Mike Dana. Mike Dana has been phenomenal this season. I've been gushing about him all season. This is a game where Mike Dana can make a massive difference just by being smart and being where he needs to be. We know we've seen what he can do rushing the passer. We've seen that sort of, you know, tertiary pass rush that he can bring to this defense and the ways that he can impact the game against the run. This is one of those that I can see Mike Dana collecting a sack or two because he's in the right place, stopping a Justin Fields bootleg, stopping something that is meant to, you know, kind of get misdirection going the other way. He stays home, he stays assignment sound, and he's in the backfield making plays. I think Mike Dana has a big game. I I actually might go see what the line on him and Sachs is for this weekend because uh, I, I might get a little salty with that one. I'm going to stick to the defensive line. I'm going to go with Felix and Udike Uzama because I spoke about it. I think the Chiefs offense is going to put up points. I think they're going to be playing with the lead. It's going to be forcing the Bears to drop back and throw the ball. And, well, I think that's where that team struggles significantly. And so I'm going to take the guy that has the best speed rush, the guy outside of Chris Jones that can win the fastest to beat a rookie right tackle, to beat a backup left tackle, to do so quickly and get pressure on fields. Now, fields, very good at escaping pressure, but he doesn't always see it coming. He doesn't have the greatest feel on protection calls, slides, like you get Felix either coming in free because of the pressure looks the Chiefs are giving, because somebody's blown an assignment, or quite simply, he just beats a backup player or a rookie real quickly. I think this could be a game where he sets, you know, his season high. It's only three games in, I know, but his season high in snaps. He could get a lot of pass rush snaps in here and really go to work. I also had a funny stat that's not related to this at all. We were just talking about Justin Fields. He has thrown the least amount of passes to the intermediate range, so 10 to 19 yards out of all starters in the NFL. He's actually tied with Jalen Hurts, but the least amount was six. Jalen Hurts is four for six on these throws. Justin Fields is zero for six with two interceptions. He can't make throws there at all. He can't do it. Do you know it's what that, terrible. Do you know what that's a sign of? A bad quarterback. He can't. Desmond Ritter is better throwing to the intermediate area of the No. What? <laughs> Zatari Poe. Is better at throwing to the intermediate areas of the field. Zach Wilson does it more often and is better at throwing to the intermediate area of the field. Like, just let that sink in about Justin Fields right now. Justin Justin Fields has zero 300-yard passing games, and Patrick Mahomes has 42. That is from Tucker D. Franklin, and the D stands for Justin Fields stats. Prediction time! Craig! Yeah, uh, 38 to 10, Chiefs. I know I usually have a big buildup towards this. I, I don't think this is close. Just I think the offense comes out, gets gets on their horse, puts up some points. I think the defense scores in this game. Justin Fields, like you know, Maddie said, does not see pressure particularly well. Takes a lot of big hits from his blind side, just not feeling it at all. I think that there's going to be points put on the board by this Chiefs team. I don't think the Bears have enough to keep it going very far. And before anybody says, oh, this is what always happens when the Chiefs play a bad team, get over it. We ain't playing 10 years ago. 
This defense is good now. It's been good. It was good last year too. It's good this year. And this is a bad team that a good football team is playing. It's okay to have a little confidence and get over the fact that 10 years ago, this team would let bad teams hang around and lose games. Okay. It's okay to embrace that you have a lot of success on your football team right now. I know it's a weird spot for you to be in, but it is really okay to just fully embrace that. So I get where Craig's coming from. Um, I, I have a feeling, I haven't looked at anybody's predictions. I have a feeling we're all going to predict blowouts, and I know that makes the you know people y'all listening mad at us. Saying we're Pictures aren't real. That, that is also true. Um, that's why baseball is not a real sport. Um, so... That also continues into my next part here. I don't want to disrespect the Bears, but I think to Craig's point, like it's a bad football team that's not playing hard, that's playing like sporadic. They're not playing all on the same page. They're not playing with any grit or toughness or anything. Like they have nothing going for it. This isn't like the Chiefs going in and stumbling around against the Indianapolis Colts or a Tennessee Titans team that are gonna fight you tooth and nail no matter what happens. I think this Bears team, I think if they fall behind quickly and early, they might just call it. They might just walk away and call and be like, oh, this sucks. I'm out. Like, why wouldn't they? They have nothing going for them right now. So I think the Chiefs jump out to an early lead because they do want to get stuff going offensively. I think you can call this game by halftime and know very much what happened. So I have the Chiefs winning 31-6. to I think the Chiefs can easily put up a lot more points. But like I said, I think this one's pretty much chalk by halftime. The Bears try to get a little loose in the second half. Maybe they collect a couple field goals or something. But I got Chiefs 31, Bears 6. I think there's yeah, I think there's only two ways that this can go for the Bears in their response to an insane amount of adversity. Um, you know, either they're gonna take some pride and they're all gonna rally together and 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 put up a good fight, or it's just gonna fall apart. And the vibes are just they're bad. I'm not predicting off vibes, but it just doesn't feel like I, that you're going to get a great fight from this Bears team. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that locker room. I don't have a lot of confidence, you know, in a very young team to be able to do that. I was going to say 31-12, but I wanted to pick 31-6 until Maddie said it. So I'm going to split the difference. So we're going to go 31-9, to Chiefs win. Offense looks a lot better. They pull up late in the second half. Uh, defense continues uh, to be um, the envy of the entire National Football League and Leo Chanel and Felix and UDK Uzama both get a sack. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory game preview. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Can't wait for the Chiefs to win 17-16 on the last second field goal now. Let's go.